Life in our modern age comes at you pretty fast, which makes our time away especially valuable. When I take time to relax, I like to get far from my everyday life, immerse myself in natural beauty, and have unique experiences. But you don't have to leave the U.S. to experience tropical rainforests and islands filled with adventure, warm culture, and national treasures. Visit Puerto Rico, an island with a vibrant spirit that will sweep you away. Because when you visit, you don't become part of the island, it becomes part of you. In Puerto Rico, you can forget where you came from and embrace where you are. Puerto Rico, where visits end, but stories last forever. No passport required for U.S. citizens and permanent residents. Learn more and plan your trip at discoverpuertorico.com. Today's episode is brought to you by West Holm. We all know from home cooks to restaurant chefs to eating enthusiasts that the quality of your ingredients makes all the difference, especially when it comes to meat. West Holm, which is based in Queensland in the Northern Territory, Australia, is working with the land to create nature-led Australian Wagyu. They steward 16 million acres of rangeland, guided by the natural ecosystem where their cattle thrive. The result is high-quality Wagyu beef that reflects the terroir of Northern Australia and a flavor suited to complement any cuisine. West Holm believes that when nature leads, flavor follows. Learn more at westholm.com slash savor. That's W-E-S-T-H-O-L-M-E dot com slash saver. When you buy Kroger brand products, you feel like you're winning. That's because they offer proven quality at lower than low prices. In fact, we guarantee that you and your family will love how Kroger brand products taste. Or you get your money back. So next time you're shopping for the family, look for delicious Kroger brand products. Because they'll make you all feel like you're winning. Shop now, in-store, or online. Kroger. Fresh for everyone. What if AI could help your business deliver mission-critical outcomes with speed? With IBM Consulting, your business can design, build, and scale trusted AI using Watson X. And modernize the way you work to accelerate real impact. Let's create AI that transforms your business. Learn more at ibm.com slash consulting. IBM. Let's create. Hello and welcome to Saver Production of iHeartRadio and Stuff Media. I'm Annie Reese. And I'm Lauren Vogelbaum. And today we're talking about medieval times. Burr, 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 burr. Yeah, not not like the actual times which were medieval, like medieval times, dinner and tournament. It's, yes. Entertainment and food concept. Indeed, indeed. And this one has been on our list for an embarrassingly <laughs> long time. <laughs> We've been trying to go for years, no joke years. Yeah, it you know, it's difficult to drive up to Sugarloaf Parkway to be super honest. To the Atlanta <laughs> Castle. <laughs> It's really, really funny. I can't wait to talk about uh, my experiences there because I have been. I have been. I have not. Uh, so, so I, well, I've got a lot of memories fond <laughs> and not so fond. <laughs> oh, uh, and there was that recent SNL sketch. Yes, yes, which I say mandatory watching material for this episode. Brought it back to the forefront of our minds. Uh, but it was when, yeah, Adam Driver was playing this kind of intense actor who uh, worked at a medieval times and took his role perhaps a little too seriously. Yes. As we all do sometimes. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and, and it resulted in, as you might imagine, hilarity. Yeah. Hijinks. Yes, hijinks. Yes. My fave line is when Cameron, uh, Adam Driver, he says, the manager, Steve P., charges you $110 for chicken and potato and does not even give you the dignity of a fork. And then Keenan, who's in the audience, says, yeah, I do want a fork. No grown man should have to eat a baked potato with his hands. <laughs> it's really good. And it's, you know, it's true. It is true. We were discussing that before we start. There is sort of a novelty at first of eating things with your hands in public, which, by the way, yeah, there are no utensils at the, these restaurants. Mm -hmm. um, but it wears off pretty quick. <laughs> uh, so, yeah, I've been twice. Once, uh, it was my super hard one first trip to Disney World Universal via high school marching band, but I was which a band you, aide. 
Oh, okay. Uh, and so I was in seventh grade. Oh, wow. Yeah. Yeah. And, and was, you signed up to be in this club specifically for the Disney trip, yes. didn't you? Only yeah. reason <laughs> I did it, because my parents swore they would never take me. Uh, and so I was like, well, I'll find my well, own way. And I did. And that was the last year they did it. So I'm glad I did sign up to be a Band-Aid. Oh, my gosh. Um, so, yeah, we went to the one in Kissimmee, Florida. And it was sort of a group I mean, the whole class went there, and I didn't know this was a thing. Oh. Uh, and so I sh- I roll up, and there's this castle, <laughs> and I've been told there's dinner here. And I'm very confused. But it, it was quite fun. Um, and my night, because it's divided into six six color-coded sections, Correct. I believe. yeah. And my night was the traitor. At the time, one night— was always the traitor. Was always the traitor. So you're like, she, I bought props, by the way, everybody. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. She's <laughs> Annie has her banner with her and her little paper crown. Yes, yes. So you're like cheering for your night. You're like, yeah, go night. And then he was a traitor. And you're, you feel kind of like, well, I guess I don't cheer anymore. Like, do I want him to kill the king? <laughs> um. you, you switch. Just turn on a dime and be like, oh, yes. Yeah. And we have been betrayed ourselves. Ooh. <laughs> yes. You're right. You're right. I should have. <laughs> and then I, I went... A few years back to the one in Atlanta, which opened in 2006. It's kind of outside of Atlanta, but Atlanta area. Um, for my birthday, which was not a sad thing. It was a happy thing. I wanted to go. They have a birthday coupon, uh, and it's pretty <laughs> legit. And my night was a traitor again. Ah, I am cursed. Uh, yeah, I'm beginning to think that this is on you. Oh, my gosh, you think? I'm pretty sure they don't do that anymore. <laughs> but um, there, There is one, like, bad guy night still in the storyline. Is but, there? Yeah. I thought they got they got so many complaints about like why well, took my kid and then <laughs> they get in this one section and they're the traitor, <laughs> um, but yeah I didn't realize the first time I went there I think the biggest mistake I made was I didn't realize you were either supposed to wait have patience or use your bread to stop up the soup, so I picked up the metal bowl. Oh, and like went in to sip, to it, sip it, and it was hot. I burned oh. the heck out of my hands. Oh no! Yeah. Oh, it's no joke. Sad story. <laughs> yes, it was sad. Uh, not so sad one though. I did want to read the uh, birthday email I got <laughs> from <laughs> Medieval Times, which I'm uh. sad. With there was a whole chain with Lauren and Dylan and I. Um, I think where we were. We were riffing on this, and yeah. I can't find it. It was oh, very no. funny. It was very full of huzzas. Yes. Um, <laughs> it was. <clears throat> Most noble Annie, we take great pleasure in wishing you a happiest of birthdays. We would like to extend this royal invitation to return to your nearest castle and celebrate with those <laughs> that you hold in the highest regard. Together, we will feast We will revel in your recent glory, and we will raise our glass to many prosperous crusades to come with grace and honor the noble families of medieval times. (laughs) I mean, that's that's high-quality stuff. Uh, You're going to tell me you wouldn't take up that offer? (laughs) They they called you Most Noble Annie. I know. (laughs) I'm like, are we all supposed to call you that all the time? Uh, it technically, I don't correct you, but okay. it's right. true. Okay, most noble Annie. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. Thank you. But okay, for people who have no oh, idea gosh, really yeah. what this is, let's uh-huh. get to our question. Medieval times. What is it? Well, medieval times dinner and tournament is a sort of dinner theater experience with a vaguely medieval Europe theme. Um, the theater portion is a story played by actors about a medieval-ish era royalty hosting a tournament, um, and you are their guests. Yes. And these days, or I guess since the beginning, um, it's been the story is set in 11th century Spain, although it's in English. Right. They're using English accents or <laughs> yeah. English-ish anyway. Right. Anyway, um, uh, and yeah, there are six knights competing in choreographed sword fights and hand-to-hand combat and games of skill, and there's a joust on horseback. Apparently, falconry is a thing. Mm -hmm. Do you want to tell us a little bit more about your experience? I would love to. Okay, so so you walk into the castle. Yes, so most of these castles are (laughs) located in malls. Right. Uh, right. Totally. So you're like, like you do. Exactly. So the one in Atlanta, for instance, it's a mall, and then there's a drawbridge in the parking lot <laughs> into a castle. Oh, my gosh. Um, <laughs> yeah, and you walk in, and it's kind of right away. Uh, you're in the gift shop and, like, souvenir area. 
And then you get seated. And it's just huge stadium seating all around. And you go through this this dinner. And as as the courses come out, um, it starts with uh, the king. But now it's the queen. Mm-hmm. But, yeah. but the times I've been, it was a king. Would do, I love this. He would announce like, to the honorable marching band from Lumpkin <laughs> County, we welcome. Like he calls out all the birthdays, um, but like bridal, oh. which yes, <laughs> bachelorette parties and stuff wow. go there. That's amazing. Yeah, so they, it's really funny to hear this sort of modern um, uh-huh. stuff, which they also have a campaign now about cyberbullying. Interesting. I hear that come from the king's mouth, and then. There's sort of a story. It's a very vague storyline of like honor, and there's somebody is doing something wrong. Mm-hmm. As far as a falcon goes, <laughs> um, <laughs> so he comes out the falconer, and he just he releases the falcon. I think there might be a message involved. I don't recall, but it just flies and circles around the the stadium. And it gets close. Like, it knocked my friend's hat, his oh, little wow. crown, right off his head. Holy heck. Yes. And see, again, the first time I went, I was a seventh grader who had no idea <laughs> this was a thing. Didn't know what was happening. There's a falcon now. The horses do, like, this kind of dancing thing. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, little little horse horse tricks. Yeah, they do little horse tricks. And then... That that all the knights get in fights and you cheer for your section and then one's a traitor and you're like, well, hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and all the servers are dressed uh, yes. in in like vague like peasant right. uniforms. There's heavy scare quotes involved in that, right? And they're called serfs and wenches. Yeah, um, we'll talk more about the cyberbullying thing actually in a minute, but huh? It, it's interesting. I don't know how much longer they, that they will be called that. As part of their new campaign. Yeah, I feel like that's a silly thing to do. Like, you're, like, updating to, like, include more women in the cast mm-hmm. as, like, the, the reigning queen with power and stuff. And then you're like, oh, yes, serving wench, bring me another Pepsi. I'm like, no. Right. That's strange. It is pretty strange. Mm-hmm. Okay. All right. So, um, so, so, the, so the dinner that we're talking about here. Yeah. It's a four-course banquet. Oh, yes. Um, and that four courses, I'm still... Not sure how this is for, but I'll I'll take their word for it. Um, it's a, a garlic bread and a, a tomato bisque, mm-hmm. um, half a roast chicken, uh, half a corn on the cob, half a herb basted russet potato, mm-hmm. and the dessert of the castle, or <laughs> pastry of the castle, as the case may be. Indeed. Uh huh. Um, sometimes they throw like a barbecue spare rib in there for good measure. And I've seen desserts ranging from apple turnover to lemon pound cake to butter tart to chocolate chip cookies to uh, chocolate mousse cake to vanilla ice cream with a black currant swirl and caramel sauce. Vegetarian meals are offered upon request. Uh, the menu there is a hummus and warm pita bread with carrot and celery sticks, um, a pasta salad with uh, vegetables and a vinaigrette, a three-bean stew with fire-roasted tomatoes and brown rice, and then a fresh fruit or Italian ice for dessert. Coffee, tea, and Pepsi products are available at most locations. There's a full bar for adults. And yes, you are not given utensils unless you get the beans due, and then apparently they grant you a spoon. Oh, whoa. Yeah, I know, right? Huh. I always I always think of, of all things, the cable guy when I think about this, because there's this moment where they go to Medieval Times, and Janine Garofalo is their waitress, uh-huh. and, uh, and they're like, hey, can I get a fork? And she's like... Because there were no forks in medieval times, there are no forks at medieval times. <laughs> now, would you like a Pepsi or Diet Pepsi? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And I'm like, oh, yeah. Anyway, um, they have ingredients lists online, and I looked everything up, and oh, man, I definitely can't eat anything there. It's all filled with paprika. I can oh. have, like, the garlic bread and, like, the three-bean stew and maybe one of the desserts. <laughs> Just everything is red. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, well, maybe we can figure out. You know, th- th- another thing, the uh, the drinks are very um, like Applebee's. Yeah, yeah. I, I understand that there's a lot of like booze slushies yes. involved, and like yes. just neon colors, mm-hmm. and everything very much stuck in the 1980s from whence this came. Right. Um, and I did want to include before we move on that. Um, okay, I'm a hat. Oh right, yeah, yeah, yeah. It, little paper paper crown. It says it's an ad inside, oh, right? Gosh. Okay. And it has all the locations <laughs> and it says 
Perfect for any occasion. Birthdays, family reunions, date nights, corporate events, team building, holiday parties, and many more. And I say this because there are different levels of ticket. Because if you ah. want, you, I mean, the baseline price, I feel like it's always discounted at like $39, $40. But I, it's supposed to be 60 I think. But you can do stuff like a whole package where you get to meet the knight of your choice. You get to meet the king. You get you like take a, a photo. Picture. Yeah. Yes. And you get like um, a take-home goblet. There's all <laughs> ki- There's different levels of medieval times. Yeah. Is what I'm trying to oh, say. Okay. Mm-hmm. All right. That's no good to know. Yes. And th- on things like Father's Day and Mother's Day, they do like the Queen's Court. Oh, and my the, gosh. Yeah, the King's Court. They do every <laughs> every other week is a new thing that they are doing. They advertise and market very aggressively. But anyway, if you're interested... Plenty of events. Apparently, yeah. Plenty of events. And if you're interested in being a knight and working there, (laughs) you should take note. Potential knights have a physical test after a year of training, which is a 10-minute or less mile, a set of 30 push-ups and 50 sit-ups, and then they are allowed the chance at handling the 20 pounds of armor. Wow. Woof. Yeah. Armor is serious. Yeah. A lot of people work up. Work their way up from like the stables. Oh and, wow! Yeah, huh. there was actually a really moving story of somebody who's been working there for a long time as a knight because it's not too frequently that people work there that long. But he loved it, and he, he said like people would recognize him and tell him how special oh. their occasion was. It was really sweet. It was a sweet story. Oh man! Yeah. Huh. Mm-hmm. Uh, the servers are pretty heroic too, um, because the the food is cooked in these full sheet pans. And the servers carry those whole dang pans out and serve their whole section at once, one by one, out of yeah. the sheet pan, just just running down the rows and tonging everything onto your plates. Um, and that's like 25 to 30 people. So you're talking about 25 to 30 half chickens that you're carrying through a stadium with horses <laughs> in the dark. At this restaurant. <laughs> yeah. Uh, <laughs> It's wild. I'm like, oh, okay, sure. Right. Yeah. Something else is wild is that they use so many Spanish horses. They have their own breeding farm in Sanger, Texas. They do have a lot of horses. Well, dang. Mm-hmm. Well, let's talk about some nutrition, <laughs> I guess. <laughs> uh, okay. Well, okay. On paper, neither the veg or the omnivore dinner is that bad for you. The omnivore option is a little bit light on the vegetables and heavy on protein and carbs, but... Uh, Both are just like a lot of food, and according to the thorough nutrition information on the Medieval Times website, the chicken meal will run you 1,542 calories, um, and the veg meal will run you 1,173, and that is including dessert and a non-diet soda. Mm -hmm. So that's a bunch for a meal. That's close to, if not your daily recommended caloric intake. The chicken meal also has the recommended upper limit of saturated fat intake for the whole day. Both meals contain more than your recommended intake of sodium. As always, watch your portion sizes, choose less processed foods when you can for best nutrition, or just go to Medieval Times and eat your chicken with your hands and have a nice time. It's a feast. It's a. <laughs> we were invited to a feast, Lauren. So feast we shall. <laughs> I can't argue with that logic. Nope. <laughs> we do have some numbers. Uh-huh. These restaurants attract about 2.5 million visitors each year. And since its creation, over 66 million have attended. In different places, there are different numbers, but that's from medieval times. And most places have it between 59 and 66 million. So okay. somewhere in there. Oh, somewhere I, in there. A bunch. Yeah. yeah. Uh, currently, there are only nine castles in the U.S. and one in Canada, I believe, in Toronto. Yeah, yeah. And together, they serve some 25,000 meals on the typical Saturday night. Wow. I know, right? Oh, per year. Um, New York Times ran the numbers. Um, uh, that equals out to 200,000 gallons of tomato soup, 750,000 pounds of potatoes, 5 million pounds of chicken, and 400,000 gallons of Pepsi products. Oh, Wow. <laughs> Wow. (laughs) Well, okay. Um, So, yes, uh, cyberbullying. Medieval Times has a new campaign uh, called Chivalry in Action that is meant to be an anti-cyberbullying kind of educational campaign. And because of that, they have been trying to re-update their their scripts so that they're nicer. Uh Because a lot of medieval, Medieval Times was, you know, Fighting, one. 
<laughs> but also just, I think anyone who's been to a Renaissance fair or something knows what I'm talking about, where people kind of insult. It, it's, it's, it's insults and bodiness and, Right, yeah. which is kind of the medieval, like, Shtick. really. But, yeah, they're trying to move away from it. And I found this quote I wanted to include in the research from Ariella Alema. Uh, when she was asked about this, <laughs> she said, I'm not sure knights would have understood cyberbullying. <laughs> I'm not sure they would have. You know, good point. Good point. And she would know because she wrote her doctoral dissertation on medieval Europe's trial by battle customs. Oh. That's why they asked her. I just thought it was funny. <laughs> <laughs> you uh, never know where the research will go. As uh, true, yes, true. And if you if you are looking for a place to have a good meal, perhaps this is not your place. <laughs> I read in many places you are not there for the food. I would agree. Uh, and to be fair, only four percent of their two thousand employees work in the kitchen. So that's wild. I know, right? For oh, that many chickens, I know. Like, gosh. Well. Those numbers have given me some pause. <laughs> but we do have some history for you. Oh, gosh, we do. Uh, but before we get to that, we're going to take one quick break for a word from our sponsor. Today's episode is brought to you by Discover Puerto Rico. We've talked in a bunch of different episodes about facets of Puerto Rican cuisine, um, like the dish mofongo, made of savory, deep-fried mashed plantains studded with some kind of tasty protein, and the creation of the cool, creamy piña colada. But there is so much more there. Um, I've actually never been. You have a tiny bit of experience, don't you? Yes. Unfortunately, it was a very tiny bit of experience. Mm -hmm. I was there for about a day. I'm kicking myself for that now. I remember having delicious rums, delicious drinks. But I want to go back because, yeah, so many episodes we do on here, when we're talking about food from Puerto Rico, I want that. Mm -hmm. And <laughs> it sounds amazing. We're trying to get a saver team trip yeah. together. Oh, absolutely. <laughs> well, I mean, we're, we're trying to get a trip to a lot of places, but this is, yeah. this is really top of the list. Even putting together this ad read made me hungry. I was like, oh, oh, I want to try those things. Yeah, as we've talked about before, there are influences there from African and Spanish and native Taino foodways. The culinary scene sounds amazing, and we want to go. And I'm hungry. No me passport too. is required for U.S. citizens and permanent residents. You can learn more and plan your trip at discoverpuertorico.com. Today's episode is brought to you by Westholm. I'm a person who doesn't really cook with a lot of meat, to be honest, because when I do, I want it to be special. I'm the same, and I do love sharing that food with people. And I have to say, we received some product, some steak, mm -hmm. and I am very eager to share it with my friends. Yeah, uh, West Holm sent us uh, a few of their products, and they included these gorgeous, gigantic tomahawk steaks that I, like, opened the box and immediately sent a picture to my best grilling friend, like, hang out soon. Yes, I did too. <laughs> Westholm offers these beautifully marbled steaks because they have 16 million acres of rangeland across the northeast corner of Australia, from Brisbane to Darwin. They use a nature-led approach with the belief that if they balance the needs of their cattle with the needs of their environment, both can thrive. Their cattle graze on native grasses like Mitchell grass, which is found only in Australia, and roam wild, foraging at will for the first two to three years of their lives. The result is Wagyu beef that reflects the terroir of northern Australia and a quality that would complement whatever you're into cooking right now. Westholm believes that when nature leads, flavor follows. Learn more at westholme.com slash saver. That's W-E-S-T-H-O-L-M-E dot com slash saver. Happy Pride from Tomboy X. Celebrating pride and the queer community all year. Queer founded, queer run, and the makers of the original boxer briefs for women. Creating sustainable size and gender inclusive underwear, swimwear, and loungewear for all bodies so you feel comfortable in your own skin. Tomboy X just dropped their Pride 24 collection. Obsessively fit tested for all day comfort in sizes 3 extra small through 6X. Visit TomboyX.com. During the Right Rug Flooring Hello Summer Sale, you'll find savings throughout the store, all backed by the right price guarantee, including carpet with a lifetime stain warranty, only $159 installed with pad. 
That's right. 159 includes expert installation as soon as tomorrow. Visit rightrug.com, R-I-T-E-R-U-G.com to find a showroom near you or schedule a free in-home shopping appointment. Say hello to summer and save. Right Rug Flooring, right here, right now. And we're back. Thank you, sponsor. Yes, thank you. To go to the beginning, we must go back to that most medieval of times, the 1960s. (laughs) (laughs) And a rivalry, an epic rivalry (sighs) on a small Spanish island that involved barbecue. (laughs) (laughs) And barbecue businessman Jose Montene and another restaurateur. As the story goes, Montanay overheard some British tourists discussing night jousting during medieval fairs, and he had an idea. What if he lured more tourists to his barbecue joint via show? Ah. Yes. I I will say that most good rivalries involve barbecue, but... <laughs> but <laughs> that not, is true. Not enough of them involve jousting, so good on him. He combined the two. Yeah, He yeah. found what was missing. <laughs> yeah. Um, So he transformed his estate first into a medieval dinner theater in the 1960s, and soon after he opened a second location in Spain. Montanay also had interest in Spanish history. In particular, he cited the 1961 Charleston Heston film El Cid. It featured many uh, of the key aspects of medieval times, these original restaurants, horses, knights, jousting. Later, he even tried to hire Heston. He tried to hire him, but the price... (laughs) Was oh, too high. I can imagine. I can imagine. It's Charlton Heston in the 1960s. That's a big price tag. That I can, I can imagine and, that it would be. And you've got horses to feed. Oh gosh, yes. <sighs> By the 1980s, he had convinced a group of investors to go ahead with the title of Medieval Times. The first U.S. location opened in Orlando, Florida, less than 15 minutes away from Disney World in 1983. The castle cost almost $4 million. Uh, Orlando, never change. Never change. Also, I didn't include this, but I'll add it in now because I do think it's funny. Uh, They filed multiple lawsuits against competing restaurants in Orlando. What? And one of them I've been to, and it's like a pirate-themed medieval (laughs) That also was an accident. <laughs> this oh. was back before I maximized. Oh, my gosh. Uh, <laughs> it was an interesting experience, for sure. <laughs> for sure. But, yes, oh, Orlando, indeed. So when this opened, this was on the heels of a long history of people looking down on dinners provided during shows. Originally, stage productions that provided meals did so primarily to stave off complaints of hunger during long shows. But Medieval Times was different in that it was a live stunt show that didn't rely on star power. No Charlton Heston, no problem. But over a decade from when it opened, attendance at that Medieval Times rose from under 200,000 to above 600,000. The second location opened in California in 1986. Um, (laughs) Beginning in 2000, management decreed that choreography must be uniform pretty much the entire show. Across the uh, across all the castles, yes, huh? Must be uniform. I see. And then, oh, tragedy! <laughs> In 2010, two Florida locations filed for bankruptcy after the IRS came at them for over 10 million dollar tax claim and back taxes. Whoa! Yeah, so they had to file for bankruptcy so they could pay that. The IRS, heck! Look, y'all, we're talking about a scary—I <laughs> won't say villain, but presence. <laughs> In a medieval show, perhaps the IRS taxman <laughs> could do it, could do it. Huh. Uh, okay, as of 2017, they started replacing the kings with queens. As of yet, there have been no female knights. And the updated script include lines like, There'll be no matchmaking tonight. And serve me as you served my father, and forget not that inside I have the blood of kings. Yeah. Yeah, it was actually the the guy who wrote this. He's been writing the scripts for 30 years since he oh, started. Oh, wow. Huh. Uh-huh. And um, you can read his his interview about it and his his kind of process of having— he felt like he had to explain why she was the queen, and finally the female writers were like, the king never explained why he was the king. She's just the <laughs> queen, man. <laughs> it was really good. It was also a fun read. Aw. Yes. And we did want to include in here 
a very brief historical fact check. Yes, because as as you can imagine, mm-hmm. it's not the most accurate. Right. Of a, as of the a, cable guy might have indicated. <laughs> Uh, di- Dinner-wise, I can't. I can't promise anything about the horses and falconry. Yes. I don't know anything about those things. I would have loved to have researched it, but we are purportedly a food show. Purportedly, yes. Um, but yes. So, the medieval times, like the period, the medieval period, aka the Middle Ages, mm-hmm. was a long stretch of time. Like it ran from the fall of the Roman Empire around 476 CE through the uh, beginning of the Renaissance in uh, 1453 CE or thereabouts. Uh, And food changed a bit during that time and Mm -hmm. also varied across different parts of Europe. Right. Mm -hmm. So if we're talking about how accurate is the menu, not at all (laughs) accurate. (laughs) The tomatoes for bisque, um, not bought to Europe till the 16th century and largely believed to be toxic at first. See our tomato episode, which is one of my favorites. Mm -hmm. More on that. Similar with the potato, it hadn't arrived uh, until later in Europe. Yeah, and corn um, is also a crop of the Americas and didn't make it to Europe until after the Middle Ages. Um, though, to be fair, uh, the word corn was sometimes used in medieval English to refer to all manner of grains. So sweet buttered corn might conceivably have appeared on a menu at the time. Did this come if up during our Lord of the Rings had episode? a printed menu. Gosh, I was trying to think of I when think it did. I think it did because we were talking about— it. Yeah, because he was trying to be super accurate of this, like, time, right? right? I, I'm pretty sure we talked about it. Oh, then. gosh, that's been bugging me, and I couldn't figure out why uh, Google Drive was serving me the Lembus episode. <laughs> yes. Oh, that's why. Okay, thank you. Mm-hmm. Oh, my gosh. Whew. I'm here to help. Uh, speaking of hobbits, uh, coffee and tea <laughs> did not arrive in, in Europe until after the Middle Ages either. All these things were imports during the age of exploration and colonization, really kicking off in the late 1400s after medieval times. Right, right. And, of course, Pepsi products, <laughs> surprise, surprise, were not a thing then either. No. Um, I believe, oh, gosh, I, I didn't look up the number, but from our carbonated water episode, mm-hmm. uh, there was some interest in sparkling beverages during that time, but it didn't really kick off until people figured out pressurization technology in, what, like the 1700s? I think so. That sounds right. That sounds Yeah. And the food at medieval times, the restaurant, (laughs) is uh, a little on the bland side, and spices were really popular during actual medieval times, in part to perhaps cover up the taste of spoiled meat. Perhaps there's argument about whether that's accurate or how spoiled it possibly could have been without people getting sick all the time, although people did kind of get sick all the time. But anyway, uh, for sure, spices were a way for rich people to show off, and they used a lot of them, Uh, like garlic, ginger, cloves, cinnamon, pepper, uh, cumin, cardamom, and mace were all super popular, as were uh, sauces with uh, lots of sugar and vinegar and wine. And uh, another thing, feast as they alleged to be at this restaurant, were much larger during actual medieval times. So much larger. Like, okay, if you're a chef at a medieval times, you might be seating uh, 900 to 1,500 people per seating, mm-hmm. and you are going to have more than one seating a night. Right. Um, so, and, and when you serve them, you serve them all at once simultaneously. And that's and that's a lot. Um, mm-hmm. It's a lot to deal with. It's a lot of people. But big event feasts lasted multiple days and involved so much food. Slate, which has a whole article about medieval times food and how inaccurate it is, um, <laughs> <laughs> uh, they reported that the marriage feast for Margaret of England, uh, Henry III's daughter, they served 1,300 deer, 7,000 hens, 170 boars, 60,000 herring, and 68,500 loaves of bread. For one... I mean, probably not all at, like, one sitting. That was probably, I imagine, that was over, like, a weekend at least, a few yeah. days. Gosh. I don't know that much about this wedding. I honestly didn't look it up. <laughs> oh, God. Well, but either way, yeah. that is a lot uh-huh. of food. Yes. And uh, each 
course, would have included many dishes served simultaneously, like 15 plus, like seven on the low end, like 15 plus for big fancy ones. And it would be combinations of hot and cold dishes. Um, So you'd get like early courses would be like savory pies and pastries, uh, different soups, different stews, then moving on to different meats and different sauces, then more other different meats and more other different sauces, Um, the fritters and breads, fruits and candies and sweet pastries and cheeses. Just just all the things. It sounds like all the things. Yes. Mm-hmm. Also, as we have talked about in previous episodes, feasts around this time tended to be heavily presented. Um, like truly wild display and decoration going on. Not None of all of this, all the food being the same color on a single individual plate stuff. No. Yeah. Uh, see our Aspic episode for lots of examples. Um, but like... Yeah, like savory gelled molds uh, with like whole roast fish inside and then leafed with gold and silver to make it look like sparkling. They were swimming through sparkling water. Right. Um, Like animals roast and other animals roast and other other animals. Mm -hmm. Like original turduck and stuff. Mm -hmm. Um, Birds served decorated with pastry to resemble their original plumage. Oh, my goodness. Um, Little marzipan figures that were molded to make some kind of weird political statement that I don't really understand. (laughs) Yeah, oh. yeah, you're not really getting that at Medieval Times restaurant. <laughs> it's just fair. Yeah, I, yeah that's okay. That's yeah. okay. <laughs> no, it is. It's totally cool. Yeah. You're not, again, the experience. Uh, and as for those utensils, people were using them during Medieval Times. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. <laughs> um, though they, they might have shared them with fellow diners. Maybe. Yeah. Uh, spoons were definitely in use. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, and knives also. Um, uh, like even common people would have probably had like a small dagger or knife on their person basically at all times and probably would have used it at the table as kind of an all-purpose implement. Right. To be fair, forks, as we have discussed, were uh, were regarded with suspicion by most of Europe mm-hmm. um, through the end of the Middle Ages and caused a scandal or two when brides from further south brought them to their wedding feasts. It's true. So the no forks thing is legit. Yeah. That's a kind of a plausible yeah. in the Mythbusters scheme of rating things. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, the, the ch- roast chicken, pretty legit. Mm-hmm. I think that's it. I think. <laughs> <laughs> I like that. <laughs> Silence. Uh, no I, fork, roast chicken. <laughs> Accurate. <laughs> also, we didn't say this, but yeah, you, you're eating this chicken like you're digging in with your hands. Yeah, um, so and it's they, half a chicken. Yeah, at, so they give you moist towelettes, which also <laughs> not a thing. No, the, that was not prepackaged moist towelettes. Definitely were not a thing at that time. Yeah, uh, that actually, I got to thinking about that. Much later and too late to really look into it. But I've never really thought about the history of napkins. It's clearly something we have to research. Yeah. yeah. It could be very short. <laughs> <laughs> People figured out early on, sometimes you want to wipe your hands. Done. Sometimes you use your clothes. Some, yeah. You know, whatever's around. Whatever's around. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you, can't, you can't really know. You never know where the research is going to take you. It's true. Yeah. It's true. Uh, but yeah, I guess, I guess that sort of just brings us to a general, like, like, I guess, oh, like, like sort of like moral of the story that I wanted to throw in here that we have this idea that, that dining and everything in medieval times was kind of crude. Mm. Um, and I guess like compared with today, in some ways it was, in some ways it wasn't. Um, but a lot of our ideas of what medieval life was like come from either um, really romantic or really, like, sarcastic or an ugly retellings of history, both from the late Middle Ages themselves and also from more modern times, especially uh, the Victorians really loved retellings from that era um, and uh, and also a lot of American films um, from the 1950s and 60s. Yeah, I think we definitely have, or at least for me, a lot of things I think of and it's not accurate as Monty Python. Like, Oh, sure. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, they're popular culture things where that's what we see and we think, okay, yeah. medieval times was this. this. <laughs> yeah. And, I mean, it's an interesting version of history. Like, I, we? We, we both love Game of Thrones. Are we loving Which is not historical, times? I know. 
<laughs> medieval times restaurant into historical retellings uh, of the medieval period. They they claim on their website that their story is based on uh, a true story from a real family. I did read that. And I don't know if that's marketing or not. It was from Spain, right? Yeah. Well, they don't, know. But they don't say which one uh, yeah. anywhere, which makes me, I mean, to be fair, there were a lot of royal people yeah. in Spain for a long time. So who knows? Maybe it's bits and pieces. Yeah. Oh, gosh. There should really be more of an Islamic element in medieval times because Spain during that time would have had lots of Islamic influence. Another inaccuracy. Well, there you go. Well, if anyone can explain or uh, illuminate the story behind the story <laughs> that they use at medieval times, <laughs> please let us know. Oh, we clearly need to get need to get these people on the horn. Oh, gosh, I would love to. <laughs> I would love to. We'll see if we can make that happen. Uh, I, you know... It seems everything that I've read about it was like either like this is a great ridiculous thing to bring your kids to or this is a great ridiculous thing to be drunk at as an adult with your friends. Um, I think both can be true. Mm -hmm. Also, again, just going in knowing the food is fine. It's not the main part of the experience. Yes, and and that's not no shade on that is a lot of people that you're serving all at once. Yeah. Like, oh my gosh, I couldn't feed thirteen hundred people. Yeah. At the same time. Yeah, and probably half of them are giving you some kind of shtick. <laughs> people. <laughs> anyway, that was what we had to say on medieval times. Yes. Uh, and we do have a little bit more for you, but first we've got another quick break for a word from our sponsor. Today's episode is brought to you by Discover Puerto Rico. We've talked in a bunch of different episodes about facets of Puerto Rican cuisine, um, like the dish mofongo, made of savory, deep-fried mashed plantains studded with some kind of tasty protein, and the creation of the cool, creamy pina colada. But there is so much more there. Um, I've actually never been. You have a tiny bit of experience, don't you? Yes. Unfortunately, it was a very tiny bit of experience. Mm -hmm. I was there for about a day. I'm kicking myself for that now. I remember having delicious rums, delicious drinks. But I want to go back because, yeah, so many episodes we do on here, when we're talking about food from Puerto Rico, I want that. Mm -hmm. And <laughs> it sounds amazing. We're trying to get a savor team trip yeah. together. Oh, absolutely. Well, I mean, we're we're trying to get a trip to a lot of places, but this is yeah. this is really top of the list. Even putting together this ad read made me hungry. I was like, oh, oh, I want to try those things. Yeah, as we've talked about before, there are influences there from African and Spanish and native Taino foodways. The culinary scene sounds amazing, and we want to go. And I'm hungry. No me passport too. is required for U.S. citizens and permanent residents. You can learn more and plan your trip at discoverpuertorico.com. Today's episode is brought to you by Westholm. I'm a person who doesn't really cook with a lot of meat, to be honest, because when I do, I want it to be special. I'm the same, and I do love sharing that food with people. And I have to say, we received some product, some steak, <laughs> mm -hmm. and I am very eager to share it with my friends. <laughs> Yeah, uh, Westholm sent us uh, a few of their products, and they included these gorgeous, gigantic tomahawk steaks that I, like, opened the box and immediately sent a picture to my best grilling friend, like, hang out soon. Yes, I did too. <laughs> Westholm offers these beautifully marbled steaks because they have 16 million acres of rangeland across the northeast corner of Australia, from Brisbane to Darwin. They use a nature-led approach with the belief that if they balance the needs of their cattle with the needs of their environment, both can thrive. Their cattle graze on native grasses like Mitchell grass, which is found only in Australia, and roam wild, foraging at will for the first two to three years of their lives. The result is Wagyu beef that reflects the terroir of northern Australia and a quality that would complement whatever you're into cooking right now. Westholm believes that when nature leads, flavor follows. Learn more at westholm.com slash savor. That's W-E-S-T-H-O-L-M-E dot -E com slash savor. Happy Pride from Tomboy X. Celebrating pride in the queer community all year 
Queer founded, queer run, and the makers of the original boxer briefs for women. Creating sustainable size and gender inclusive underwear, swimwear, and loungewear for all bodies so you feel comfortable in your own skin. Tomboy X just dropped their Pride 24 collection. Obsessively fit tested for all day comfort in sizes three extra small through 6X. Visit TomboyX.com. During the Right Rug Flooring Hello Summer Sale, you'll find savings throughout the store, all backed by the right price guarantee, including carpet with a lifetime stain warranty, only $159 installed with pad. That's right, $159 includes expert installation as soon as tomorrow. Visit rightrug.com, R-I-T-E-R-U-G.com to find a showroom near you or schedule a free in-home shopping appointment. Say hello to summer and save. Right Rug Flooring, right here, right now. And we're back. Thank you, sponsor. Yes, thank you. Um, and because we ended on just a little bit of like a weird down note before the ad break there, yeah. I, I just wanted to share with you two more positive tidbits about medieval times. <laughs> yes. First, there is a museum of torture in the lobby that you can go check out before mm-hmm. your dinner. Because that's good family fun for oh, everybody. Yeah, uh, I'm. I know I'm using my sarcastic voice when I say that, but I kind of genuinely mean it. Like being <laughs> yeah. the, like weird goth soul that I am. Right. Um, that's A and B. Uh, Annie, would you would you relate for us once more, um, uh, as you did during the break, uh, <laughs> mm-hmm. the phone number that you can use to dial medieval times? Well, that number would be one eight eight eight. We joust. We joust. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, it's still funny even when I'm expecting it. Oh, okay. All right. Uh, Also, by the way, this is not a sponsored episode. Nope. 0%. (laughs) We are just genuinely, completely heckin' delighted by the existence of this weird thing. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah, definitely not a sponsorship. No. If y'all want to reach out. Let us know. Yeah. We're right here. <laughs> we are here and available, <laughs> ready, clearly. <sighs> anyway. Anyway. This brings us to Listener Mail. <laughs> I was unprepared. <laughs> I should have waved my flag. <laughs> That's all right. <laughs> the look of shock on Lauren's face, listeners, was priceless. Sometimes. Oh, heck. You know, I didn't realize until the other day when I was, I think about these, you know. Oh, man. Um, of course you do. Oh, I have to. Yeah. Uh, we, I, I think we just started doing it because at the time we couldn't decide on a jingle or something. Right, yeah. And now it's just a thing. It's like at uh, the end of Epic Rap Battles of History, they do that. Oh, do they? Yeah. He always, the announcer always says it in some different way. Oh, that's great. So, hey. So, hey. <laughs> We're not the only... <laughs> Only ones doing this. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It has legitimacy. It does. <laughs> in the field. Yes. It is a tried and true method. <laughs> um, Justine wrote, I'm writing in again because I have a personal tale about the savory mochi eaten at New Year's in Japan. Ooh. I used to date a German-Japanese guy, and for New Year's, we would often stay with his mother. She had moved to Germany. She would treat us with these amazing traditional Japanese dishes that are eaten for good luck, prosperity, and all that good stuff, and they included some of the weirdest textures and flavors I have ever experienced, one of which was the sticky rice cake wrapped with nori. She put the little blocks, they reminded me of big erasers, in the oven where they puffed up in the weirdest shapes. Then she wrapped them in nori, put the package in a little bowl, and spooned a little broth, I believe me so, over it. It was hard enough to even grab with chopsticks, but then holding it strongly enough to bite off a manageable chunk was the real (laughs) challenge. While I was trying to chew, they told me those stories, how especially old and young people have breathing issues or even die. And I was making extra sure that I didn't swallow any unchewed pieces. Most stressful (laughs) eating experience of my life. Oh. Oh. Those stressful eating experiences. Oh, goodness. We've all had them. We have. Certainly, certainly we've had them. Oh, gosh, yes, we have. I don't think I've ever had one where I was eating something I was worried would kill me at that moment. You know, like later maybe. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, like years down the line perhaps, but never in the moment. Yeah, I've never been trying to eat something and thought, oh, boy. (laughs) (laughs) This is going to be it. (laughs) This could be the last thing. Yes. Yes. Oh, um, Austin wrote, 
We recently got a new puppy, and getting him to sleep through the night has been ridiculous. I feel you there. Um, however, I learned that if I play your podcast, he'll sleep. Ah, at first I thought he just liked to hear people talking, but after introducing him to three other podcasts, I found out he prefers yours. As soon as he hears the opening music, he makes his way into my bedroom. Thank you guys for making puppy training a breeze. Attached below are pictures of the dog, Scout. P.S. I wanted to name him Garlic, but it was vetoed. Oh, that is so sweet. Scout. Hi, Scout. Hi. You are such a good dog, Scout. You're trying. <laughs> I, you know what? We should update our slogan, Saver, preferred by puppies. <laughs> I like it. I'm not offended at all. Here's it goes to sleep. No, that's no, great. No, that's wonderful. Mm-hmm. Get get sleep however you can, man. Exactly. Ah. Exactly. It did remind me of back when, you remember when we had the, the problem with our ad breaks where they're so loud? Oh, yeah. Compared to the rest of the podcast. Oh, yeah. And so many people wrote in angry at me. Well, not me. <laughs> well, but, yeah. at the situation. Um, saying, I use your podcast to fall asleep, and how <laughs> dare you wake me up? And I would say it in the most polite way as possible, I really, I really, truly do appreciate that. But if you're just trying to sleep, maybe, maybe. other podcasts. Yeah. Um, until we fix this problem, which we did, and now we're helping puppies. You know, it's just. Just one puppy at a time. One puppy at a time. Making the world a better place. Yes. Yes. (laughs) Well, thanks to both of them for writing. Both were delights. Yes. Oh, gosh. Um, And if you would like to write to us, we would love to hear from you. Our email is hello at saverpod.com. We're also on social media, and you can find us on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram at saverpod. Savor is a production of iHeartRadio and Stuff Media. For more podcasts from iHeartRadio, you can visit the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you listen to your favorite shows. Thanks, as always, to our super producers, Dylan Fagan and Andrew Howard. Thanks to you for listening, and we hope that lots more good things are coming your way. Life in our modern age comes at you pretty fast, which makes our time away especially valuable. When I take time to relax, I like to get far from my everyday life, immerse myself in natural beauty, and have unique experiences. But you don't have to leave the U.S. to experience tropical rainforests and islands filled with adventure, warm culture, and national treasures. Visit Puerto Rico, an island with a vibrant spirit that will sweep you away. Because when you visit, you don't become part of the island, it becomes part of you. In Puerto Rico, you can forget where you came from and embrace where you are. Puerto Rico, where visits end, but stories last forever. No passport required for U.S. citizens and permanent residents. Learn more and plan your trip at discoverpuertorico.com. Happy Pride from Tomboy X. Celebrating pride and the queer community all year. Queer founded, queer run, and the makers of the original boxer briefs for women. Creating sustainable size and gender inclusive underwear, swimwear, and loungewear for all bodies so you feel comfortable in your own skin. Tomboy X just dropped their Pride 24 collection. Obsessively fit tested for all day comfort in sizes 3 extra small through 6X. Visit TomboyX.com. During the Right Rug Flooring Hello Summer Sale, you'll find savings throughout the store, all backed by the right price guarantee, including carpet with a lifetime stain warranty, only $159 installed with pad. That's right, $159 includes expert installation as soon as tomorrow. Visit rightrug.com, R-I-T-E-R-U-G.com to find a showroom near you or schedule a free in-home shopping appointment. Say hello to summer and save. Right Rug Flooring, right here, right now. Your credit card should match your lifestyle. At Kemba Financial Credit Union, choose a card with benefits that work for you. For a limited time, all cards have 2% cash back on purchases and 0% interest on balance transfers for a year. Apply at Kemba.org. Restrictions apply. Offer ends June 30th, 2024.